Well, today we are looking at a movie that is based on a true story of a man named Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss served during World War II as an army medic, and um, he believed very strongly, he loved his country, and he felt incredibly burdened to serve and to defend our great nation. But he was equally burdened by the belief, the very strong belief, that he should not kill. He should not take another human life. Um, Doss grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist, which is a denomination of Christianity. And, um, and so he, uh, pacifistic belief was, a, was a, an emphasis in Seventh-day Adventism. And, uh, and then combined with that, uh, Doss had an experience with his dad, who was an alcoholic and who was very violent. And, uh, and so Doss uh, had a time where he almost killed his own father. And as a result of that, he made a promise to God. And his promise to God was that he would never again touch a gun. And so he believed that he could serve his country, he could, he could go and, and risk his life, but he was not going to take another life. And so he thought that being an army medic would be the way to go. But there was just one slight problem with that. That wasn't so, uh, such a great idea in the eyes of his fellow soldiers, and it was pretty rough for Doss um, as he went through his training and got to know his fellow soldiers. Let's take a look at this next scene. You know, whenever you, um, your, your belief, your conviction, your view is in the minority view, there's a very, very strong chance that you're going to experience persecution for that view. That's just kind of the way it works. And we know a little something about being in the minority, don't we? Because living in the Washington, D.C. area, and being a church-going Christian, um, we fall in the minority. And so if in any way, shape, or form, you identify somehow as a Christian out in the world, you know, social media somehow, or, you know, maybe you've got some sort of Bible verse or some Christian thing at the office or on your car or, you know, whatever, um, there's a very good chance that you have experienced some level of persecution, either overtly or very subtly from people. And um, in fact, some of you are here right now or, or with us online maybe, and um, you're here and nobody knows you're here. You're here completely secretly because for some of you, you, you know that if people knew you were here, they would make certain judgments about you. They might treat you differently. You would experience some form of persecution just for identifying as a Christian. Jesus uh, was quoted um, by his, one of his disciples, the, um, one of his disciples named John, in the 15th chapter, 18th and 20th verses of John's account. And this is what Jesus said. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Jesus was talking to his followers. And um, I got to say, that's just not the uplifting stuff that I like to hear from Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like a lot of the stuff that Jesus said. Wow, this is so great, Jesus. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you as well. Well, that, man, that's inspiring, isn't it? Wow, that's fantastic stuff to look forward to. But we know it's true. 
Because the truth is, it's not popular to be a Christian today, is it? It's not. It's not the cool thing to do. It's not. In fact, when you just think about people's perception today of organized religion, just generally speaking, what do people think about when they think about people of strong religious beliefs and conviction? You know what often comes to mind for folks? Closed-mindedness, judgmentalism, hatred, violence, extremism. Religion, and specifically Christianity, isn't necessarily seen as this beautiful, amazing thing, this expression of God's love for the world. It's not perceived that way by many, many people. And so those of us who identify as Christians, we, we experience some persecution as a result of that. You know, it's just, it's not always popular to have strong beliefs and convictions and to be principled about things. Because we're very much in a let me do me and you do you kind of a world today where persecution abounds. Well, um, one of Jesus' disciples, uh, actually the leader of the 12, Peter, was writing to a group of Christians and he was encouraging them because they were facing tremendous persecution. And it's one of his, Peter's letters that was preserved in the New Testament. And it's the fourth chapter of the letter of 1 Peter, verses 12 and 13. And he, this is what he writes. He says, Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. He's speaking about the persecution that they're facing. Now check out these next words. This is strange. He says, But rejoice. What? Yeah. Rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Like, what in the world does that mean? Well, that is profound, and we don't have time to go into all this, but the encouragement that I want to give you is not from me, but it's actually through the Apostle Peter. He says that actually, in our being persecuted for our faith, we actually can rejoice because in that we are participating in the suffering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you might say, how does that work? What does that look like? If you want to dive into this a little bit more deeply, if you're in a community group that's discussing this this week, you're going to be discussing 1 Peter, the whole chapter, the fourth chapter there. But you can go and you can read more about that. But somehow, some way, we, when we participate in the sufferings of Christ, we are drawing closer to our God and identifying more in him. And that is actually something to rejoice over. Now, that is deep. It's profound. That's something to spend some time reflecting on, particularly if you feel like you are being persecuted for your faith. Well, Private Doss uh, and all the persecution that he faced, he just kept on persevering. He stuck to his beliefs. He stuck to his convictions. And eventually that paid off when his platoon was deployed to Okinawa, 1945, and specifically to Hacksaw Ridge, where they would engage in warfare. So this next clip shows you a scene from that battle in the movie. Let's take a look. Have you ever had a time when God didn't come through for you? Where you had a certain expectation for how God was going to help you in a certain situation? You got nothing. 
And what all you were left with was basically saying, God, I don't understand. I can't hear you. In my life, in my journey, my Christian faith, I've had many times in my life where I've experienced that. I've had those moments. I was like, God, where are you? It seemed like God was a million miles away, and I got no answer to the big thing that I was struggling with, the big prayer that I was asking God for. You know, nothing really makes sense in those moments. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, you, you're in a moment like that right now. But with time looking back, sometimes you're able to see things differently. And as I've reflected back on some of those really difficult, I can't hear you moments in my life, what I've realized is that maybe in those moments, I've been asking for the wrong thing. And I started to think about, you know, what percentage of my prayers are really about God doing something for me? Think about that for a second. What percentage of your prayers would you say are where you're asking God to do something for you? That's probably pretty high if you're like me. And so I started to re-examine that, especially after I watched this movie a couple of times. And in this next clip, I want you to listen for the prayer that Doss prays over and over and over again as he's up on that ridge trying to rescue those who've been wounded in the battle. Let's take a look. Powerful prayer. You know, as I've reflected on my own prayer life, one of the things that's hit me is... I wonder if I would get a few more answers to my prayers if I had a few less prayers prayed about how God can serve me. And I prayed a few more prayers about how I can serve God. The Apostle Paul wrote many letters to Christians and churches that are preserved in the New Testament of the Bible. And there's a letter that he wrote to the Colossians, in the fourth chapter and the third verse of that letter, he's asking for prayer. He's praying for them, and he asks them to pray for him. And this is what he says. He says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. And this is a fascinating, fascinating prayer request. Because here you have the Apostle Paul who is constantly under trial and persecution. He's currently in prison as he's writing the letter. And notice what he does not pray for. He's not praying for protection. He's not praying to be freed from prison. Notice that. He's not praying for some sort of blessing from God. What's he praying for? God may open a door so that he can do what? So that he can go and serve. So he can tell more people about God's amazing, unfailing love. I want to give each of you guys a little challenge for the week. 
in the midst of the different things that you pray about and you pray for, make sure that you don't miss this one. Put this in, maybe put this one in right at the end of your prayer time. The prayer goes like this. It's very simple, but it's powerful. God, how can I serve you? That's it. Just ask God every day this week, God, how can I serve you? There's lots of stuff we're asking God to help us with and to serve us. But God, how can I serve you? And then after you pray that prayer, just be quiet for a minute or two and allow that small, still voice, that whisper of God's spirit to speak to you. God, how can I serve you? So as Doss prays this amazing prayer, basically just in service to God, let me get one more, God, for you. Let me get one more. Please, let me get one more. He's working all through the night. He's the only able-bodied man on the American side on that ridge, surrounded by the enemy, with 75 of his wounded comrades still up on the ridge. And through the night, Doss works tirelessly, surviving tons of enemy fire, and brings down all the men from that ridge, single-handedly. In this last scene, we're going to take a look at the final rescue. Let's take a look. Did you see the looks on those soldiers' faces? The same men who hated Desmond Doss, who called him a coward, who beat him during basic training, standing there in awe of the greatness that was emanating from this man. You know why this resonates so deeply within us? Because God has put this greatness inside of every single one of us. Jesus talked about greatness. It's a little different from how the world views it and how the world measures it. And the particular conversation that Jesus was having was, came out of a moment of real frustration with his disciples. They were arguing about who was going to be the greatest And Jesus became furious with them, and he pulled them to the side. This is written by the gospel writer Mark in his account, chapter 10, verse 42. It says, Jesus called them together, and he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, and here's the greatness, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He's speaking there of his imminent suffering and death on the cross 
so that by faith in him, through his sacrifice for our sins, we would be made righteous in the eyes of God. He's saying this is what greatness truly looks like. It's when we're willing not to put ourselves first, but to put ourselves dead last and to serve our God by serving our fellow brothers and sisters and our fellow man. You know what a privilege it is to be a part of this church, you guys? I count it the greatest privilege to be doing what I'm doing because of all of you. This church is full of people who get this, who are truly great, who truly serve. And I gotta tell you, ladies, you guys are amazing the way you serve. And I thank God for you. Today is Father's Day, okay? And we're gonna talk about the men for a minute, all right? So I gotta focus on the guys. Love you, ladies, all right? Thank you for what you do, but I gotta talk to the men for a minute, all right? And I don't know if this is because I'm a guy, and so there's just kind of this guy thing, you know, maybe it's the handshake, I don't know what it is, you know, the man hug with the the two slaps on the back. I don't know what it is, guys, but I gotta tell you, that when I come in here on Sunday mornings, okay, and just seeing you guys and seeing the way you serve week in and week out, it is inspiring to me. You guys inspire me. You know, I get paid to be here, okay? It's, it's kind of a little secret, but I, I actually, this is my full-time job. I, I, I kind of have to be here because I'm on staff and I'm getting paid. Some people think I just work one day a week, but I actually do work more than that. But, um, but I am paid to be here. There are so many of you who week in and week out faithfully serve. You put yourself last, you put others first, and you're just here with a servant's towel over your arm saying, how can I serve? And it's awesome. It is awesome. It is pumps me up every single Sunday. Whether it's serving here at Grace on one of our volunteer teams, whether it's serving locally with many of our local missions partners, making our community better, whether it's serving internationally and many of the different missions things we're doing all around the world, or whether it's just coming in here and, you know, just offering a hug and a handshake and just doing what you do, being a good father, being a good husband, being a good son, being a good friend, being a good man. But it is truly inspiring. And one of the things that I love about you guys is how you serve. At the very end of the movie, there's this little like, there's a few minutes of documentary footage where they're actually talking to the the real Desmond Doss as a much older man. And uh, so they're, they're getting some quotes and things. And one of the things that he says is, he's asked like, what was it like to be regarded as a hero? And you saved over 75 men, risked your life, and you got the Medal of Honor. And you know, that was just so amazing. And how does that feel to be a hero? He was interviewed standing next to a cemetery where many of his fellow soldiers 
were buried. And when he was asked, how does it feel to be a hero? You know what he said? He said, the real heroes are buried over there. Wow. That is a man who is truly great. The humility, just a heart to serve. You know, I do my very best to try and thank as many of you guys for serving as I can. I try and be that encouraging force and thank you so much and you guys are fantastic. I try and do that as part of my regular Sunday routine, just show appreciation. And you know what the number one response I get back? The number one response, it's no big deal. Just happy to do it. It's that, it reminds me of what Das said, you know, the real heroes are buried over there. It's just something that you guys just do joyfully. You do it humbly. And I gotta tell you, it is what makes this church what it is. And it is a privilege and an honor to serve here with you guys. I gotta tell you, you guys inspire me. You really do. Guys, you know this. In a world that is full of men who are power hungry and recognition starved, it is such a breath of fresh air to be able to rub shoulders with great men who just humbly serve and model for me what it means to be great. So I just want to encourage you, guys and gals, keep doing what you're doing. Because this is what true greatness looks like. And I got to tell you, it's not what the world says greatness looks like, but it is absolutely what Jesus says greatness looks like. It's when we humbly serve others. And we know this. We can lose sight of it at times. Why this is so important? Because this is where real significance lies. We know this, don't we? That the times when we can forget about ourselves, we can put others first, we can lean in, we can serve that's where we find ultimate fulfillment because it's something God himself has put in our DNA. So I hope this week, with God's help, that we can develop a posture of greatness and that it starts with our prayers each day where we would just say, God, how can I serve you? Show me. Give me an opportunity. That's your help me get one more prayer. How can I serve you, God? And we got to remember that God has served us so much already. I know maybe you're here and you've got this thing. You're like, but I need God to do this for me. I need God to come through for me. Continue to pray that. But just remember this. Remember this, God has made you. 
He's given you life. God has blessed you so many times over. God has come to this earth to show you how crazy he is for you. He has actually died on a cross to prove his love for you and overcome death for you, for your sake. God has redeemed us. So God has been incredibly gracious and has served us. And so let us be mindful of that when we say, God, how can I serve you back? How can I serve you, God? So if we could, let's try that this week. Let's continue to do what makes this such an incredible community of people. Thank you so much for your service, and I'd love to pray for you. Dear God, thank you so much for this movie, which is just a powerful, powerful reminder of what true greatness really looks like. Jesus, we thank you for your words, which just reorient us and ground us and what it means to be truly great in this world. God, give us all opportunities to serve you by serving others in this world. Thank you for how you have already served us. And let us be great men and great women in your eyes. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.